0: Now, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon so that I too may be encouraged by news about you. For I have no one else like minded who will genuinely care about your interests. All seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know his proven character because he has served with me in the gospel ministry like a son with a father therefore i hope to send him as soon as i see how things go for me i am confident in the lord that i myself will also come soon philippians chapter 2 verses 19 through 24 christian standard bible translation Welcome back, I'm Brian and today we're in Philippians chapter 2. So as we've slowly worked through this book, I hope that you've seen a couple common threads unfold. In the book of Philippians, Paul is writing to a church that he planted. He is writing with affection for them. He is writing to encourage them and he is writing to help them find contentment in this life while holding on to a hope in Christ that produces an abundance of joy. It's out of an overflow of this joy that Christians are called to persevere and be obedient. The last two passages in Philippians chapter 2 that we're going to chat about over the next two episodes on Philippians, they reference two people, Timothy and Epaphroditus. Both of these men had displayed a godly lifestyle during their time with Paul. Both provided Paul with confidence and enough trust for Paul to send them to the church at Philippi when Paul wasn't able to go and or, in Epaphroditus' case, to hand-carry the written correspondence from Paul to the Philippians. And both are also referred to as obedient messengers of the good news of Jesus Christ. This section is a reminder that the letter was both theological, to point people toward Christ, and personal, written by Paul to a church he knew, and who he took great care and who he sent to care for them. Today the passage will provide insight into what godly characteristics God blessed Timothy with that encouraged Paul to prepare to send him. I pray that this passage will help us put Jesus front and center in our lives and that the example of Timothy would encourage us to be more Christ-minded. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, so that I too may be cheered by news of you. For I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. Philippians chapter 2, verses 19 and 20, English Standard Version. Paul wants to send Timothy, who had stayed close with Paul while he was in prison, and he wants to send him to the church at Philippi. But it's not just a social call. The word here gets translated as wants or hopes to send. The idea is that Paul desires to send Timothy, but ultimately Paul trusts in God's will playing out. You get the sense that while Paul's will might be one thing, if God's will is ultimately something else, that he will still be at peace with that. It's a hard lesson for us, but one that Paul seems to have come to terms with. Paul doesn't just hope that Timothy can go. But he is excited for Timothy to go to the church at Philippi and then report back to Paul. Paul says, so that I too may be cheered by news of you. So from my research, this is actually the only time in the Bible that the Greek word we translate as cheered shows up. The Greek word seems to literally mean to be in good spirits, to feel encouraged, or to be of good comfort. Paul feels that when Timothy reports back, he will be uplifted by what he hears. This is a completely different tone than Paul takes in some of his other letters. Like in his letters to the church at Corinthians, the two letters that he writes, in those letters Paul rebukes them for what he's heard about them. And you get the idea that if Timothy were reporting back from the church at Corinth, that the news might not be as cheerful. This all circles back to the affection and the encouragement that Paul underlines in this letter to the church at Philippi. Paul also says that Timothy is unique among the people around Paul at that moment. For I have seen no one like him, Paul says. The NASB says no one else of kindred spirit. When it comes to how they feel about God's people at Philippi, Paul and Timothy, they're on the same wavelength. They both desire the same thing. Both are genuinely concerned for the people's welfare. Sometimes the words genuinely concerned for they can carry a negative connotation. Like say in Matthew 6 when Jesus tells everyone not to be anxious or worry about tomorrow but to trust in God instead. That's the same word. Here it takes on a more positive tone though, where Paul and Timothy desire to care for and are spurned to positive action on behalf of the Philippians. It's like in 1 Corinthians twelve twenty-five when Paul is calling for unity within the church body so that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care, that word, for one another. It's not just that Paul and Timothy want them to be rich and prosperous and physically healthy. No, this is a different kind of care. Yes, I'm sure that they prayed for the physical health of the Philippians, but they also prioritized first and foremost the spiritual health of the church. They both were of the same accord that their ministry, their mission, their calling was to look after, to encourage, and to disciple other believers to bring them all closer to Jesus. For they all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know Timothy's proven worth. How, as a son with a father, he has served with me in the gospel, Philippians chapter two, verses twenty-one and twenty-two, ESV translation. So, one of the things that makes Timothy uniquely suited for this mission is that he does not seek his own interests or his own gain, but the interests of Jesus Christ. Timothy wants to glorify God the Father and to make disciples of God the Son. Charles Ryrie underlines that no one else with Paul at that time except Timothy. Had the interest of Christ at heart. So a servant of Christ's mission should be gospel centered. Paul says Timothy served or was in bondage to Jesus Christ. It's the same word Jesus uses when he says that you cannot serve two masters. There were others around Paul whose loyalty was either divided or completely in the wrong place, but not Timothy. Timothy had an identity rooted in who Christ was, the sacrifice that Christ made on the cross for us, and then he allowed that identity to spur him to a life of obedient service to God and to others. Sadly, too many leaders today, too many of all of us in general, strive to serve two masters, and we fall short of being wholly devoted to serving Christ's interests and to the advancement of the gospel. This is exactly where the study that we've been doing through Ecclesiastes links in nicely. Maybe we get pulled toward worldly things that we hope provide us pleasure or joy. Maybe it's chasing that almighty dollar down a path that conflicts with Christ's interest. Because making money is okay, but when it becomes what you are about, then you've crossed the threshold. Maybe it's chasing popularity. Maybe it's attempting to serve both Jesus and one political party, or a political agenda. Maybe it even starts out innocently enough, trying to build a platform and an audience, but then evolves into becoming about chasing numbers, and not actually reaching souls for Christ. So I encourage all of us this week to think through where we might be seeking our own interests above Christ's. Then, instead of dwelling on the negative and stopping right there, flip it and then ask, How can I better align my interests to Christ's interests? How can I glorify God and serve his kingdom better? I hope, therefore, to send him just as soon as I see how it will go with me, and I trust in the Lord that shortly I myself will come also. Philippians chapter 2, verses 23 and 24. ESV translation. So in this verse, we read that Paul hasn't actually commissioned Timothy to head out just yet, but that he was waiting on an update on his own prison situation first. Maybe it was an actual update from his captors, or maybe it was just him being patient and fervent in prayer. But either way, Paul was content with sending Timothy in the right time, in God's time, and not just rushing forward on his own timetable. He also encourages them again with the fact that he genuinely desires that he wishes to visit them. But we don't have any affirmation that Paul was ever able to do this. We don't have any affirmation he was able to visit them in person again. Based on the tentative timeline of the letter, we believe that Paul was released from his prison stint for a while after this. So maybe, but we don't have any record either way. What we do have is the closing passage of, a reassurance that no matter what, Paul trusts in God. Paul trusts God, trusts in how God has grown a disciple that Paul was with, and Paul will rest content in God's sovereign plan above all other things. Throughout this letter, you'll see that Paul will actually find joy in God's sovereign plan, no matter where that leads him. Thanks for listening. So the introductory reading of the passage was from the Christian Standard Bible, or CSB translation. It's copyright 2017 by Holman Bible Publishers. The subreadings were from the ESV, or English Standard Version, which is a copyright 2001 by Crossway, a publishing ministry of Good News Publishers. Next episode, we'll be covering Ecclesiastes chapter 8. Until then, though, I love y'all.